Welcome to the Coloring Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. I'm really excited about today's episode. I have one of my good friends. I call her my sister. Just a really awesome blessing in my life, and I feel like she will be a blessing in your life as well. So no matter where you came from, whether it be on iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever future platforms there are by the time that you're watching or listening to this, Welcome. No matter where you're at in your walk with your Creator, Savior, Sustainer, whether you know Jesus or you don't, our heart here today is just that you are welcome and that you know that you were created for so much of a bigger plan and purpose than anything this world can offer. And so in saying all that, I'm going to turn it over to Karen. And uh, yeah, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Well, the honor is mine. I'm excited to be here. We've been talking about this for a little bit. And we talk about kind of our conversations a lot of times as geeking out. So I'm looking yeah. forward to just geeking out with you today and just chatting. So my name is Karen Blanchard and my husband is Scott Blanchard, who is a pastor of our church, Lake Point Church in Shelby Township. And we've been there now 10 years. So we started it about 10 years ago and the Lord um, has just been blessing. It's been a wild ride. Scott and I have been married about 18 yeah. years, and then um, we have two kids, Nathan, he's 13, who's in the youth with Jonah at church, <laughs> and then Abigail, and she is seven years old. So You're not originally from Michigan. Right, right. So um, I'm from Florida, and that's where I met Scott, and so when we first started dating, I knew, you know, that the possibility that we would not stay in Florida, and so we didn't. <laughs> we moved to Michigan, started Lake Point, and really this this has become home, you know, so um, we've been here. So church is 10 years old. We've been here a little over 11 years now. What was the biggest shock for you when you first moved from Florida to Michigan? I was going to say the weather. <laughs> yeah. The weather was the big one, um, but just not knowing anybody because I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, which is a small town and you know everybody, you know, you can go into the store and you'd see people, you mm -hmm. know, um, so when we first moved here, I remember like I'd go in the store with no makeup on <laughs> all the time because I knew I wouldn't know anybody. Um, so it just took a while to start to build up, you know, connections and relationships. But I remember the first time I recognized somebody in the store and their face. I don't know if you have experienced this, but it's like their face popped out of the crowd because yeah. I was so used to not not ever recognizing yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I struggled at first with thinking that I recognized somebody from back home up here. And uh, being yeah. kind of awkward, like staring at people and then like thinking I'm creeping out, you know. I went through that too. I always joke that like God only makes so many molds yeah. <laughs> that he's friends with people around. So I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. When you look back at childhood, what was childhood like? What what do you, what stands out to you when you think about childhood? I mean, I had a great childhood, you know, I always had, because I had so many siblings, we always had somebody to play with. Um, oh. I grew up in a Christian home and so really our 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 life really did center around going to church. You know, we were there every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, it was just a big part of our life. We weren't always busy and on the go, like <laughs> I feel like yeah. we are sometimes now, um, yeah. but um, it was good. Yeah. So you said you grew up in a, like a, a Christian household. Mm -hmm. When did that start to become more of your own in the sense of not being what mom and dad just believed, but it's something that you started saying like, wait a minute, like this is, this is something that I believe as well. When when did that start to happen? Well, I think probably in high school because it was always, there was never a question um, if, are we going to church? You know, mm. my parents never let us make that choice. It was always yeah. something we had to do. Um, but in high school, even then, like, you know, 
I would be invited to do things, but I would still be expected to be at church. And so I think sometimes in high school, um, I would fill the pool of what my friends are doing based on what my parents wanted me to do at church. And even though, you know, I, I wanted to do the things with the friends, I always still was in church, but I still think a lot of that was because I was told I had to do it. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself in some situations where I knew like things going on, wasn't right. Um, and so I knew I, I felt convicted and even just being in there in those situations. Yeah. So I know like, like the Holy spirit was working then. Um, but really it was when I was in college and I started working at, um, a daycare, um, at a local church, a larger church than my parents' church. So when I started working at this daycare, when I was in college, um, it was more of my decision to go. And so at that point I had to start having a conversation with my parents about, okay, now I'm out of high school, you know, it's really my decision to make. And I switched over to this other church, Marcus Point Baptist Church, which is a lot larger, a lot more people my age. And that's where mm-hmm. I met Scott. And so then it become more, it became more of a, my choice, you know, um, I was deciding to go and it wasn't my parents making me anymore. And, um, I really started growing in my own faith at that point. Yeah. Looking back when you met Scott, was there anything about his faith that you, we're just like, huh, you know, I never really thought about it like that, or I never really saw it like that. Cause you were 19 at that mm-hmm. time, right? Yes. And he yeah. was a little bit older. Really what was just amazing to me about Scott. And um, I know some of you listening don't know my husband, but he's 80% deaf. Mm-hmm. And so um, just the idea of him even being a pastor or being in ministry um, with a handicap that's so severe, just blew me away about him. I knew there was something so different about him that he wanted to follow this call on God's life, um, even with a handicap, you know, because so many times we think we have to do it in our ability or what we have to offer. Um, But that was clearly not his case. And so that just really like drew me to him. Um, I remember him even asking me at one point, like, why are you even interested in a deaf guy? And I'm like, well, that that's actually one of the things that drew me to him just yeah, it was yeah. different and i just could feel um sense his confidence in the lord through his even though he had that handicap well i was going to ask you so you were saying that you grew up in a christian household and then you kind of around high school started to adopt it as your own and then college was when it started to get more solidified. You started working at uh, another church that wasn't like a home church. I think it's easy sometimes when we're somewhere where we're comfortable um, to not really be challenged sometimes, or we get complacent or comfortable, you know? You were finishing your degree while you were originally, like first married, right? Mm -hmm. So you're finishing your degree, you're growing in the Lord, and now you find yourself a pastor's wife. What kind of was some of that transition from, you know, just being someone who attended church and served at a church to now, wait a minute, I'm supporting someone in the ministry. Was there anything that stood out to you in that transition or that, that, that time? Well, I know I I got saved when I was a little girl and Mm -hmm. I, um, kind of doubted myself. I didn't have a good assurance just because of something that was spoken over me. And I'm not, won't go into that, but it just kind of created like a seed of doubt. And so, um, really it was when I was in college, um, I rededicated my life and then I didn't even get baptized till I was 19. And that was when I was at Marcus point. So I'd already moved on to this new church, but went back to my parents' church and was baptized there. Um, but I just think that I just kind of learned when I was younger, like all the like I knew all the rules. I knew all the things that I was supposed to do to be a good Christian, right? You go to church on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, um, you know, uh, 
maybe had my devotions, maybe not, but you know, I just, I've kind of followed the rules, became like a good rule follower and just was a good person. I mean, even, even in ministry, when we were in ministry, when we first started dating and got married, um, I, I would say that I was growing in the Lord, but I still was so much of a, I mean, we're in full-time ministry. That's his job, but I was a school teacher. So, you know, I lived my life during the week and I'm not saying I lived a bad life, yeah, but yeah. I was very focused on my career, my job, you know, um, just the things that make, you know, that you have to do to live. And so even though I had a relationship with the Lord, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was living an abundant life in Christ. So it was just kind of, you know, I went to church on Sunday and then I went to work on Monday, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Scott spoke a message just recently at church about like different stages of your, like of mm -hmm. a Christian. And yeah. I think for a long time I was stuck in like a spiritual child, you know? So like um, some of the points I have the notes here, just, you know, that you're real, just real self-centered. Um, you go to church on Sunday, but then you live for yourself the rest mm -hmm. of the week. And I mean, I was this way, even as a, as a pastor's wife in ministry, not, he wasn't lead pastor, but he yeah, was yeah. on staff as pastor. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, yeah. And I just, I guess I just did not, I don't even know. You know, I just was never really discipled. Um, right. and I don't blame anybody for that. I just didn't yeah. know what that meant or what that looked like. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that, I, I was yeah. like that for even we took the call to come to Michigan and, you know, that's a huge step of faith to do. Um, so that was all the Lord bleeding. But for so many years at the beginning of our church plant, um, I was still a spiritual child. I was not growing in my relationship yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. You talked about how you necessarily didn't have that assurance uh, when you were younger. Did that lack of assurance carry with you? Um, when did that start to get more resolved? Because you you talked about the, the that word being spoken over you. Um, was that something recently that was resolved? Was that something that was resolved uh, during that transition from Florida to Michigan or still down there in Florida? You know, I was helping in a fifth grade class um, in Florida at, mm. at our church there. And I remember the um, the teacher telling the fifth grade girls, but she was ministering my heart as well. I was yeah. 19 and she was just talking about how she had gotten saved when she was younger, but she struggled with her assurance and that she had had a moment where she had rededicated her life. So there in that fifth grade girl Sunday school class, um, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I remember telling Scott afterwards. And, and so really it was after that time that I went and got baptized because I knew like um, my parents had always asked me about getting baptized, um, but I never wanted to do it because someone asked or told me to, I wanted to feel led. I don't yeah. know if it was like, if that was the right thing or not. But um, after that moment, I knew it was time. And so that's when I, you know, when I was 19 years old, decided to get baptized. Um, and so after that point, I really didn't struggle with my, yeah. um, my assurance as much, but there were still some things I struggled with. So coming up to Michigan, you had that assurance, but you still said that you felt like, you know, looking back, you felt like you were a spiritual child. Now you didn't know that you were a spiritual child. You know, usually children don't know that they're children unless somebody tells them like, Hey bro, you're a child. Right, right. Um, well, what was it that kind of was the pivot for you from going from, uh, well, I'm not a spiritual child. Like, you know, I'm a pastor's wife right, or, right. you know, I'm a missionary and I'm, you know, uh, a church planner's wife, you know, and, and we're, you know, doing this awesome thing. What, what was that? transition look like for you from going from not knowing that you were to knowing that you were and then having that pivot of like okay I, something needs to change what was that like for you 
Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, I just started to get really bogged down. So in ministry, you deal with people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And people, we all know people are not perfect. I mean, none of us are. But um, I would let the problems that would happen in the church or the way that people would, you know, people leave and there's hurts. And mm -hmm. I would just let that. It would just bother me. And it would get yeah. to me. I, I was having a hard time having, finding peace and joy. I was really disliking ministry. Mm. Um, you wouldn't know it. I would come to Sunday morning with a smile on my face, but at home it was not good. And um, ugh, I get emotional. I started asking these questions or these questions started popping in my mind. I know it's the Holy Spirit now, mm. but um, like, like, why do I feel this way? Why can't I find joy in ministry? Why um, am I, you know, so easy to get frustrated with my family or my kids? Like, why am I always feeling on edge about everything? I'm just not finding peace or joy and, and serving. Mm. And so the more I started asking those questions, like the Lord just started revealing things to me, like, you know, things that I'm not, I'm not doing yeah. or, or my behavior and the way I'm acting. And, um, and so Scott had spoke a message a couple of years previous, um, about choosing a one word for the year. And so in that service, that was the first time I'd ever heard about choosing a one word. A lot of people will choose like a word to focus on for the year. Um, you know, kind of like a, um, like a new year's resolution, but mm -hmm. spiritually. And so during that service, it's the first time I'd ever heard of this thing. Um, he encouraged everybody to choose a one word for the year. And right away, I heard the word surrender in my mind. And that word terrified me. I did not, I was not going to choose surrender. And I remember thinking in my mind, well, you know, um, nope, not, not picking surrender. I mean, I've already moved to Michigan. You know, I've already given up my family. I've already given up my career. Here I am trying to like all these things that I've done. There's no way I'm choosing surrender. It's it's scary. I've already given you enough, Lord. I'm going to pick something else. And so I chose the word seek for that year. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to do better at, um, you know, having my quiet time with him. I'm going to be intentional with my devotions. And I chose that word. And I stuck with that word that year. I really did um, grow in my walk with the Lord that year by trying to be intentional with uh, my quiet time. And then, um, so this was two years later when I was really in this bad place, you know, um, in ministry, like I was mm -hmm. referring to. And so I just remember going to my room one night, I was frustrated with my family and I was just like besides myself and the way I was behaving. And I was just calling out to the Lord. And again, that word surrender came into my mind and I'm like, Oh, like, why does this word keep coming to my mind? And I knew it was God at that point. Like I had gotten to such a low place with the way I felt like, I mean, I was having feelings like I'm ready to leave the ministry. You know, it's just too much. And so when <laughs> that word surrender came in, like I knew that was God because there's no way that I would have thought that up on my own like i wanted to yeah. stay as far away from yeah. that word that's what you were running from why would yeah. you think about yeah. it yeah. and yeah. so when it came into my mind i knew that was the lord and and, and because i i was start I was, I was growing in my relationship with the lord um and i just know he like he pursues us so much and he just lines things up mm -hmm. to when we're ready and willing and um and so i recognized that as god's voice and i was like okay god like i have i have already told you no to this two years ago and obviously that didn't get me very far 
And so tonight I'm ready. I surrender, like I surrender, whatever that means. I remember even telling him, if that means you're going to send me to Africa or whatever <laughs> that means, yeah. I surrender because I am tired of doing this on my own and um, I'm miserable. And, and I had no other plan B or plan C, like, mm -hmm. God, I just give it up to you and I surrender. And Jonah, I'll tell you, like after that, I want to say that was in October. And so I had chose, I chose surrender for mm -hmm. my one word for the next year. Cause I knew I just wanted to grow in what that means. What does it mean to surrender to the Lord? What does it mean to daily surrender? I mean, I've learned so much about the word surrender, yeah. um, but it was like this veil. And, and I look, I, I looked up some verses about this, but it's like this veil just was removed from my eyes. Like I know I was a believer. I know I had Jesus in my heart before, but I feel like I had gotten into such a routine, a Christianity routine. Maybe um, I was stuck in that spiritual yeah. child life and I didn't know that there was so much more to a relationship with the Lord. And so it was like this veil was like removed and um and the lord just started teaching me so much and i just like think about that verse in um jeremiah i um wrote it out here like when we seek when we seek yeah. god we will find him 29 like, 13. yes and when we seek him and so even if it's seeking him through just a one word or um like when we come to the end of ourselves and there's nothing left i think sometimes we have to get to that place where we see the need for the lord and i was in such a dark place at that point um that surrender was all i had and yeah. now like it's all i want you know yeah, like the yeah, lord yeah. is so good to have met me there and then he has showed yeah. me so much yeah. since that time so you didn't have to have it all figured out of what surrender meant. You knew that, okay, I, I just need to start. Yeah. I need to put my feet on the ground and say, okay, Lord. Um, it's interesting. Uh, around that time that that was happening with you, I remember like, I don't know, I was like having a conversation or something with you around that time. And you were just mentioning that like um, when you wake up, sometimes you feel that you know, that pressure of like, okay, like this is all up to me. Like I have to do, you know, X, Y, and Z or all that stuff. And I remember like, I don't know. I mean, I gave you the, uh, the, the song that I wrote that, that you inspired, but like that whole idea like stuck in my head of like, you know, the moment that we wake and we put our feet down to the ground, like we have a choice in that moment. Okay. Am I going to try to do this all on my own? Am I going to try to resort on my own strength, my own wisdom or my own knowledge? Or Lord, am I acknowledging right now that I am frail, I am weak apart from you, Lord, that you are the only one that can lead me in a way that 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 will produce life and produce meaning, you know, yeah. not necessarily a worldly peace, um, but a peace in my soul that even if the circumstances around me are bad, even if the circumstances around me um, are, you know, chaos, you know, to say that like there's a peace that surpasses all understanding because Lord, I know that you are the one leading me you're the one you know guiding me so yeah i remember around that time even being challenged myself through what the lord was doing in you of just that importance of surrender sometimes like when we share our stories especially when it comes to something as vulnerable as surrender we're like well i was here and then now i'm i'm here but is there any memories within that 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 period of the lord helping you grow from a baby more into a spiritual adult. Was there any stories that stand out to you or memories that stand out to you of during that time? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I just remember, like, Joan, I remember talking to you a lot, like the situation you just mentioned. And I was so wrong in my mindset and how I viewed things and handled things. And I did used to take everything on myself instead of inviting the Lord in and really surrendering it to him. I didn't even know, like, I should be doing that. Um, Or maybe I did, but I was so far away from it. Um, And so like just even hearing you speak certain little things like that, like just really got me thinking. And I even remember this is one thing that was huge for me. Um, Like if I would get frustrated or something was going on, I was just telling my life group this last night um, that I would start to complain to you and you'd be like, Karen, (laughs) um, maybe, you know, take your Bible, you know, go, this is the time to dig into the word or, um, you know, have you taken this to God yet? And, and I never like took that in a negative way from you. I just remember receiving that. And for one, it was a little convicting because I was like, no, (laughs) I haven't done that. But it just reminded me like the next time that I felt that way, I could hear your words in my, my head. And I just remember grabbing my Bible and going down to the basement and, and it started to show like how in those moments, that is what I needed. That's what my soul was craving. It was craving the word. It was craving that time with the Lord to speak those truths into my heart that I needed yeah. to hear. And it yeah. didn't, I didn't need to go complain or I didn't need to go. We were talking to my life group last night about how we feel ourselves like when we are frustrated or things are not going right, we'll go shopping or we'll eat chocolate or what, you know, we'll fill ourselves with all these other things that we think are going to make us feel better, mm-hmm. but they don't last. And sometimes they make things worse, but, um, I did not realize at that time what I was missing in my relationship with the Lord. I think I made my time with him more a checklist. Um, like I checked it off, you know, I'm doing the good girl Christian thing that I'm supposed to do, but now I see it as it's sustaining me. That's what sustains Mm. me. That's Mm. what fills me up when I need it. And, um, and just knowing that and seeing how the Lord works in those times when you're at your low points and you open up the word and he has just what you need. Like it, it makes me crave it the next time. Like, Oh Lord, what, how are you going to meet me today? Or what are you going to show me today? Um, and I didn't used to have that mindset. So you went from feeling dry and almost stagnant dead to the point that you're like, I want to leave and just being like, I'm starting to like, you know, hate these people in a way like, or, or, you know, I started to push them away. Yeah. Um, because like it's too heavy or the burdens are too much for me and I'm burdened myself. You went from that to now feeling this sense of like adventure, kind of like what you're talking about, like this adventure of, you know, Lord, what is it that you want to show me? And, and also Lord, like, you know, what is it that you want me to do with this position you've given me? What fuels your fire to love those around you where before it wasn't there through that new, uh, that new awakening of Lord, you know, I, I need to lay myself down. It's such a sweet, sweet relationship with the Lord now that I've never had before because I think I was busy. Um, I wouldn't take the time to be still and to um, hear his voice or to see the ways that he was working. Mm. And so now it's like once you start to see the way God is working in your life, um, you want others to experience that. You want others to have that um that sweet connection and fellowship with the Lord. And so one thing I know, like before I used to think like, how do you even understand the Bible? Where do you even Mm. start? I mean, this is somebody who has grown up in church. You know, I would listen to services on Sunday. You know, I I know a lot of the stories of the Bible, but when it came to really studying the Bible on my own, there wasn't much. There might've been like, 
you know, I'm going to read a verse here and there. I'm going to do a devotional, but it wasn't, um, the Bible was not coming alive to me. And so during this time after this surrender moment, um, and really knowing that I need to be led to the word, I just started praying before I would open up the Bible for the Lord to, um, reveal to me what he wanted me to learn that day and to, to lead me and to, um, you know, the Bible says, if you ask for wisdom, that'll give you wisdom. And, and so I guess I just came with, to it with more of an expectation and, um, asking God to reveal things. And he did. Like, I, I remember I started in Matthew because so many times I started in Genesis and yeah, I would never yeah, yeah. make it past like Leviticus <laughs> yeah. or Numbers. And um, so I started in Matthew and I went Matthew all the way and I stopped at Revelation. Mm -hmm. The whole New Testament was just amazing. And like, I could not wait to grab my Bible and go back down to the basement and read what was next. And just to see how it just started coming alive and the things that I was dealing with and just I don't, yeah. it, it's just yeah. hard to explain, yeah, yeah. but seeing that has now made me now be more passionate about wanting to help lead others mm -hmm. in their walk with Christ, yeah. because, um, there's so much more to the Christian yeah. life than I had ever known yeah, yeah. there was before. Yeah. And I can only imagine as well. I mean, I know you, but you know, that empathy grows when you know yourself, like Lord, you were patient with me. And not only did you, you know, carry my sins on the cross, like you literally bore the weight of my burdens, but that like you were so patient, you were so kind, you were so loving, even when I was a child for years and going through the motions and not even knowing that I was, you know, like, Lord, you were patient with me. And I can only imagine that has, that's transferred to how you view others. I can start to, to want to respond in the flesh about something. Um, but then I'll, I'll hear the Holy spirit, you know, and I don't hear him audibly, but I can just, um, hear him say, okay, you know, slow down, take it. And I think it's just helped me be able to deal with people a little bit differently now because I know exactly where they're at. And, um, and then the Holy spirit just helps me, you know, lead in those conversations. I'm not always perfect at it. And yeah. there was a situation recently where I had to go back and apologize for responding in the flesh. Um, but I just think the more we're in tune with the Holy spirit and we ask him to guide us or we surrender our way for his mm -hmm. way, um, then he is so faithful to, you know, lead us the way that we should go or to even correct us. We're just come a little bit more humble and, yeah. um, want to be an obedient to what, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah. Lord is calling us to do. I was going to ask you, you mentioned about, uh, that word that was spoken over you when we think about the things that have happened in our past or the things that have kind of steered us in one direction or the other. Um, you know, it's always good when something good happens. Like for instance, you hitting that wall of surrender of being like, look, I can't do this anymore. I don't have a B or a C. That's, that's awesome. But then in the times where there's those pivots that are for bad and the enemy just still killed and destroyed something, mm -hmm. you know, like what is it like, especially now as you look back over your life and you look at what the enemy tried to rob and what the enemy tried to steal and kill, what is something that you would tell somebody who is living with that word still spoken over them? They still haven't had that moment where they've, you know, replaced that word with something else. What would you say to somebody who's feeling in that way that you once felt? God is always pursuing us. You know, he is always moving. He's always trying to bring us back to himself. You know, for me, it was the, the questions that started popping in my mind. Like, why, why do I feel like this? This doesn't seem to be right, you know? And it's so easy to push those feelings away and to just keep living your life and to just keep um, 
pressing forward with, because, you know, our culture is so go, go, go and being busy and everything that we can acquire that we hardly ever take the time to just think through what our thoughts are in our mind. And really that was a big change of my life as well. Um, once I realized that I could control, um, what was going on in my mind, then that changed everything because I used to just let my mind spiral. And I didn't know, even though it says in the word that goes to show how much I wasn't in the word, um, that you can renew your thoughts. You can take those thoughts captive. And so if you start to have those thoughts and those thoughts will lead you to Jesus, you know, those thoughts of, um, is there more to this? You know, is there more to a relationship with the Lord? Or, you know, I, I feel like I'm struggling with, whatever it is. And I was just listening to a podcast this week where um, the pastor said, I wanted to read the quote here. It says, one way you know you're growing in your relationship with the Lord is when you begin having more questions than you have answers. And I think when I was talking, when you brought that up before, Jonah, like I thought I always had to have an answer for everything. I think I always thought I had to know everything and be right on everything. And, and you know how much pressure that is, like to feel like you have to have it all yeah. together all the time. Um, but when when you lay all that down and you go to the Lord with the questions that are about, I say, wrestle with the questions with the Lord, um, then that leads us back to Jesus. And for me, I went through several different things that I allowed those questions to then um, grow my faith. You know, it really did build my faith. And when, when we recognize those things and we sit and we're quiet with the Lord and we start to really, I guess, unpack them and why we're feeling this way, yeah then the Lord meets us there every yeah. time. And I yeah. think I just started going through these questions and digging deeper and the Lord just kept, you know, growing yeah. me through that. Yeah. yeah. I'm a firm believer that when we're alone with our thoughts and we're not numbing or suppressing or running away from them, that those are the the holy moments where it is, there's this tension of like, okay, God, like I know that you are there, like Romans one twenty talks about, you know, we can see God's invisible qualities, therefore man is without excuse. You know, like everything in this world is crying to us um, that for one, this is not our home, and for two, that we were created with eternity on our hearts, and we're longing for that creator, <laughs> you know? We're longing for the one that can make us whole. We we live in a world that's bombardment of if you feel if you feel like you got no stimuluses around you, let me give you a stimulus. Let me give you something to, you know, numb yourself through it. But yeah, like you said, getting alone, having those times where you're like, look, I'm done. Like I'm not gonna try to just suppress these questions that I'm having, but I'm really gonna work out the salvation. I'm gonna work out this this walk. Absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to speak? Anything on that? Yeah, I was just saying with that, um, the Lord really just taught me what it means to rest in Christ. You know, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant to look like to um, <laughs> take a Sabbath. Because yeah. you remember when you first came here and we kind of like <laughs> made fun of you for taking the Sabbath. <laughs> and now I crave it. Um, but the but resting in Christ, and I like to think of this acrostic, you know, uh, resisting the desire to be in control. So that's surrender. Yeah. Escaping to a quiet place, you know, where you cut out all the distractions, your phone, everything, you just get it away. Um, you can sit, be still with the Lord, and then you can talk to God. And so when you do all that, when you surrender, when you sit and you listen and you share with the Lord, what, what it is that's on your heart and what's going on, I'm not talking just like going through a list of prayer yeah. requests. I'm talking about like, what are those deep longings of your heart and those things that you're really wrestling with? And when you take the time to 
rest in Christ, to do all those things. And man, it's just amazing how the Lord meets you or leads you in the word. Yeah. Um, you start to see the way things are working in your life. Whereas before I might've think thought of them as coincidences or mm -hmm. I never would see the way the Lord was working. But now like, man, I can see the way he works in my life all the time. And I, and I feel like, like, that's what I want people to see. I want people to see that the Lord is working in your life and he'll work in your life every day. If you ask him to show you things or to guide you, like he is so faithful to do that. And I, and it just like gets me so pumped up that now when I meet with women, I'm like, so what's God doing in your life? You know, like, I'm so excited to share with them. And that's what we talk about. We're not talking about, um, you know, all the other things. Like I purposely try to meet with women to talk to them about their relationship with the Lord, because it is so exciting what he's yeah. done in my life that I just can't wait yeah, yeah. To, to talk to them about yeah. theirs. And it's so freeing to have someone who not only cares about your walk with the Lord, but has that empathetic heart to understand, mm -hmm. you know, the different uh, things that are holding you back. Because like you said, like you've been through that, you, you know what it's like. It's not like you're coming into those times that you have uh, with the people that the Lord, you know, allows you to meet with like this, like, eye of condemnation or judgment right. or anything like that you're coming with that humility of like right. look i i i know i know you know i feel what you feel you know i've been there yes and i always try to share like this is what the lord has done in my life because this is what i where yeah. i've been and this is where yeah. i mean we're still i always say we're still on a journey i mean we're all we talked about sanctification last night in my life group yeah. i'm like that's a huge word that means we're just on a journey to be more yeah. like christ yeah, yeah and um and so i think it just gives hope like it, this is like a confessions of the pastor's wife today. You know, I mean, like you can be, you want that to be what we call it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, you can be in ministry and you can leave your family and start a church plant and you can still be a spiritual child, you know, mm -hmm. and how, um, man, I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't leave us where we're at, you know, that yeah, he's yeah. constantly pursuing us. And what would you encourage somebody who knows that the Lord is pursuing after them? Maybe right now watching or listening, they can identify. I know exactly what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm struggling with doing that because I know, like like you shared like with the whole word of surrender it took you two years two years to actually lean into it even just slowly just kind of all right i'm putting a toe in this lord like that moment in your bedroom you weren't full force like all right you know let's go to africa you were like i'm willing you know that willing was that first step but what would you say to somebody right now that's like i know what the lord's trying to tell me to do i'm struggling with doing it and i i don't know if it's worth it what would you say to somebody there because i mean you've been there what would you say I would definitely say it's worth it and it is freeing um when, when you do give over to surrender i believe surrender is the key to living the abundant life in christ yeah. um and so it's just is taking those times to rest in the lord wrestle with those thoughts you know um keep exploring it um because the lord the lord is going to get you to that point at some point you know and for me i mean it took two years and it took me getting to the you know, the bottom uh, where I felt like I was going to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. And so thankfully that allowed that at that moment, I said, okay, yes. But what would it have taken if I would have said no? You know, yeah. sometimes I think of like, what if I said no in that moment? Like what would have been next for the Lord to get? And I don't know, you know, maybe not have yeah, been yeah. anything, but sometimes things come into our life so that, you know, we see our need for the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I would just say, keep leaning into that, you know, keep resting in Christ, taking that time to get away, you know, clearing those distractions and, um, and yeah. you'll, you'll never regret it. Yeah. 
I, I like what you said about it being freeing. And it's, it's cool because when you shared about how you were before that surrender moment, one of the things that held you back from that surrender where you were like, no, no, Lord, I've already done enough. Like, so there was that element of pride of like, okay, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And also I think there's, you know, and you correct me if I'm wrong. There's also sometimes embarrassment with surrender of just like, oh, you know, I don't want to feel like I didn't have it already or I didn't, you know, or, or maybe there's a facade or a uh, image that someone is upholding of like, well, I, you know, I am the pastor or I am the pastor's wife or I am, you know, a leader at my workplace or I am a mom or dad, whatever. You can fill it in with everybody, anything. In order for us to surrender anything, we have to be low. You, you have to be low to have a, you know, a posture of humility. But like when you are low enough to say, okay, here it is, and you're vulnerable enough and transparent enough to be like, all right, here it is, God. Like, there's nothing that the enemy can embarrass you with at that moment. Like you've you've already laid it out there. Like you're already bare, you know? Like you think about I think about Paul in the Bible. He said, Look, I am the chief of sinners. You know, if people were like, Oh, that Paul used to do this or that or that, he'd be like, Yeah, I did. You know, like there's no embarrassment anymore. You know, there's freedom. And like, yeah, I did. But like, I'm not held back by that anymore. Like, that's not who I am, you know? So like even thinking about you now, like seeing you over the years go from like, oh, I don't know if I can talk on a public stage, you know, to talking on a public stage or like, I don't know if I can lead something to leading something to, you know, even now with even what we're doing now, like you're recording something that's like on the internet until something random happens and the file deletes or whatever, you know, there's just such a beauty in that surrender because it takes what was in the dark and it puts a spotlight on it. You're like, here, here's my warts and all, but let me tell you about his goodness. Cause like, you know, he's the one that I'm looking at and I, I want you to actually look to that too. You know, don't look at me. That's true surrender, right? Yeah. I mean, you can tell that that's true surrender when you're willing to be able to share all mm. your flaws and all your mistakes and you're not trying to cover things up anymore because you yeah. only want his glory to be known. And so Jonah, my next word, so in 2017 was surrender. In 2018, my word was freedom. Oh, and wow. so the Lord just really showed me that after surrender, you know, it brings freedom. And what does freedom mean? And so I know even that year, like I was trying to really break down, um, you know, that I, I just wanted to live free. I just wanted to live a free life in Christ. I didn't want to be held back by people's opinions and by, um, you know, I just, I think of myself like, um, worshiping at church and not caring about what anybody else thinks of me, just yeah. like free, like having yeah. the freedom in Christ that, that all that matters is that I'm worshiping him. And, um, so he's taught me a lot through that. My next word after that 2018 was confidence. And so Lord, through surrender, freedom, confidence, and not confidence in myself, even though I feel like our confidence grows, but, mm. but confidence I have through Christ and what he's created me to be. And because of that, I can be more confident. Um, but just, I feel like these one words, you know, I'm seeking God through these one words yeah. and he is just, um, revealed so much. And it's just become like this beautiful story in my life that, um, that just started with surrender because I was willing to say, okay, Lord, I can't do it anymore yeah. on my own. Yeah. And he's just, you know, just kind of led every step of the way. If you can go back and tell yourself something, you know, the 14, 15 year old person that was in band, you know, the, the, the girl that went to church, but it necessarily wasn't her own yet, fully her own. It was still more of a, okay, like I'm, I'm starting to try to, you know, think about this and, and work this out. 
what would you tell yourself if you can go back and tell yourself something? Is there something that stands out to you that you wish you would have understood at an earlier time? I don't know, the thing that just popped in my mind when you were saying that is I think I would want to say you don't have to have it all together. You know, I think so many times we just think we have to have it all together, you know, and and when those questions do or those doubts, you know, I was telling you I struggled with um, the assurance of my salvation, but I never told anybody that. Like, I just yeah. kept that to myself, you know, yeah. and I think we just feel like or at least I did anyway, I just felt like I had to be this certain type of person and I had to um, because I was a Christian that like I should already know these things and these, you know, I should have to put on this. I just, I just put on this, um, really facade, I guess, you know, um, but that it's okay that you don't have it all together. And really where I'm passionate at now is, um, is with discipleship and mentorship. And so I just, I really wish back then that I would have had somebody to walk alongside me and, um, just kind of like, you know, speak those things in my life. Um, and so, you know, I think I would just tell her like to just chill and um, it's okay, you know, to not have it all together. It's okay that you don't know everything and it's okay if people know that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's freeing actually when, when people know that you don't have to strive and try to show like this fake side of you. One thing that I just, I just think is so vital and I know we talk about it all yeah. the time with our church is. Um, just coming alongside of other people and um, just encouraging them in their walk. And one thing that you did for me, Jonah, that was just so um, helpful is just, you know, asking me, you know, how's your time with the Lord going? You know, like, what has the Lord showed you today? And just having those conversations with the people that the Lord has put in our life and encouraging them um, has just made such a difference to me. And, uh, and so I would just encourage if you're watching this and maybe, um, you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, the abundant life in Christ, or, um, you know, you, you look around and there's people that, you know, you could learn from, you know, I would just encourage you, like have conversations with people. Maybe there's somebody that the Lord has put in your life. I actually, um, have a mentor now and, um, I sought her out. I did not know her very well. I knew of her, um, but really the Holy Spirit put us together and um, I'm going on a retreat with her next week. Um, and she has just been such a blessing in my life. And um, just being able to have that person in your life that where you can just like, hey, let me share with you what the Lord has taught me. Or, um, you know, I have a question about this. This doesn't seem quite right. Can you maybe show it to me? You know, just having yeah. someone else, even if it's just a friend, maybe it's a um, small group leader at your church. Maybe it's uh, a neighbor that you know has a relationship with the Lord. Um, but don't ever hesitate to ask those questions because more than likely the Lord has prepared that person yeah. to answer your questions. And so um, just having somebody to... Um, to really grow in your own walk with and, and, and to be able to freely ask um, yeah. those questions that maybe you're struggling with. I wanted to ask you one more question, and I don't know if you've prepared for this question, <laughs> but you are a mom. You have Nathan and Abigail. You talked about at the beginning. What's something, if you can just talk to them for a little moment, it's just you, Nathan, and Abigail. I just want to give you some time to speak to them right now. Uh, what's their ages right now? Is it 13 and seven. What's some things that from right now in where you're at in your thirties as a mom, what would you want to tell them? I think what I would tell them is to, um, to really explore your faith on your own and not just believe, you know, um, not just feel like you believe what you believe because 
this is what you've been told. You know, I feel like um, for so long that I just, um, I think I, I rode my parents' coattail of faith and then I was on Scott's. You know, I, I kind of followed after them and then I followed after Scott and my faith was really not my own until a few years ago, which is crazy. crazy. Um, but I think for my kids, like, I just want them to know God. Like, I don't want them to just know God. Like I know who God is, but I want them to know God, not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge mm -hmm. and know what that means and have that, um, that sweet relationship with the Lord, but not because somebody's telling you to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, all the same things, you know, when, um, that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. And I know I'm learning as a parent um, to try not to overreact in situations. And I'm, there's something this week that I just, in my mind, I had to think, what does it matter? Like in the grand scheme of things, yeah. what does what it really matter? Yeah. What matters most? And, um, and just, you know, trying to, on my end of things as a parent, you know, trying to lead them in the way um, that, that Christ would lead them and love them. Um, but for them, you know, to really, make their faith their own and not yeah. to just believe in God because their parents are in ministry yeah. or at a church, you know, but because they are sold out. What would you tell Nathan as a man, like a mom saying like, look, this is what I pray that you become as a man. What is something that you would tell Jonah, Nathan? Oh, Jonah, you're getting even deeper. It makes me want to cry to think of him as a man, you know, to just keep God first and uh, um, to just seek him with all your heart. Um, and that he's always there, you know, he, he will never leave you or forsake you. Um, that for me, you know, just thinking like God is always in our tomorrows. He's all already there ahead of us and that, um, that he'll lead you as long as you seek after him. And now Abigail, give her an opportunity, you know? <laughs> well, Abigail's another story because she's very anxious like her mama. Um, I used to really battle with anxiety. And so, um, for Abigail is just, oh, that made me cry. And to go to the word, you know, when you're feeling anxious or afraid, you know, um, that it's all in there, you know, everything that you need to combat, combat anxiety, um, or just fear. Now there's definitely, um, some struggle with it more than others, but, um, but by being able to, to just go to the word and know that God is in control, he's sovereign, he's in control of all things and that we can trust him with our life. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for bearing your soul, being vulnerable. You're a blessing in my life. You're a blessing in the church. You're a blessing to Scott, to Nathan, to Abigail, so many countless others. So thank you so much for taking your time. I wanted to give you the honors of praying uh, for those that are listening or watching this. Um, many you may know, many you don't know. If you could um, just pray for those um, that are listening or watching this. And uh, even pray for us. <laughs> you know, we we need we need Jesus. So, yeah. could you uh, could you pray for us? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Awesome, Father God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity, and uh, God, just what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, just thank you for Jonah and just his obedience to follow you with this podcast. And God, for um, all those listeners out there that are um, subscribing or listening, Lord, I just pray that. Um, that they just are able to recognize um, when the Holy Spirit is um, just leading them. And uh, God, that's just our conscience. That, that's that inner voice that we know that oftentimes is um, against um, what our natural um, 
inclinations would be maybe, or when we want to react in one way and then the Holy Spirit holds us back from doing that, Lord. So I, I just pray for those that are watching today that are feeling a move of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that they will lean into that, God. Help them not to stuff that down. Help them to just lean into that, to take those questions that they're feeling and wrestle them out with you. God, it is so important that we build that time into our lives just to rest and to get away um, so that we can um, dive into these ways that we're feeling. And Lord, um, God, if anybody is feeling the call to surrender, maybe they don't even know what that means. They, they've never surrendered their life to you. God, I just pray that they see their need today, um, that God, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we strive, um, that God, that, that we're always going to fall short um, of, of being able to receive your glory, God. But it's through you, it's through your salvation that we can um, live the abundant life in Christ. And so God, I just pray that, um, that through surrender, that people will see um, that they can have freedom in their walk with you, that they can, um, Lord, just ever since I surrendered, I just can't be quiet. You just put this fire in my heart just to uh, share the good news with everyone that's around, Lord. And so God, I just pray that, um, that if somebody's feeling that way, that they just reach out, they reach out to Jonah or to myself, um, that they just want to go deeper with their, in their relationship with you. Cause there's so much more God, there's so much more, even in my relationship and Jonah's relationship, God, yes, just reveal that to us, Lord. Um, and God, we just surrender again. We surrender ourselves to you. Um, just help us to stay in tune with your Holy spirit so that we are living by the spirit and not the flesh. God, and we just ask you, um, for all these things in your name we pray. Amen. Heavy heart. We are all children trying to figure this out. You are not alone. No matter what you are going through right now, I pray that the words of Karen and myself blessed you and that you know that there is never a better moment than right now to surrender. If there's anything that is holding you back from a closer walk with Jesus, may we have the courage to step out and be vulnerable and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Psalms 139 is a favorite psalm of mine. And in Psalms 139, it reminds us that God already knows us. He sees us. He knows our heart. He knows our anxious thoughts. So no matter what you're battling today, no matter what you are facing today, my prayer is that you know that you are not alone. And as I was editing this podcast, there was a song that kept coming to my head as I was just listening to the words of Karen as she was just talking about the whole idea of surrender and being vulnerable and just having that freedom and that joy that comes from being fully known by God and responding to him. And the song that kept coming to my mind is a song by Christy Knuckles and it's called Choose. And my prayer is that this song becomes a prayer within your heart no matter where today finds you. So may this song wash over you and minister to you no matter what you are going through. And again, heavy heart, you are not alone. May we choose him today.
Choose to be in love with you.